yawning trencher there you fill your hurdles like a distant hill your pin would help to mend a mill in time of need while through your pores the dews distill like amber beads right that's it no more i'm impressed no <laughs> Well, the last one I did, I, I suddenly realised I was doing the English translation, so apologies to that <laughs> Scottish people. Uh, simple minds, first of all, and hypnotised and altered images, and I could be happy on the events of Burns Nights. Bananas. What about them? You should eat them if you can't get to sleep. Really? I know you should eat them, have one after a ha for a hangover. Mm. Well, generally considered an energy-boosting food, bananas are rich in magnesium, which relaxes, relaxes muscles, and they also contain serotonin and melatonin, which encourages sleep, apparently. Also, almonds, known as a great source of healthy fats, almonds also bursting with uh, tryptophan and magnesium, which both help to naturally reduce muscle and nerve function while also steadying your heart rhythm. A teaspoon of honey is enough to stimulate the release of melatonin in the brain and shut off orexin, which keeps us alert, thus helping you to wind down. Oats, as well as uh, being yet another food rich in vitamins, minerals and amino acids, which promotes sleep-inducing melatonin. Oats encourage insulin production and naturally raise blood sugar. And turkey as well. Uh, one of the most famous sources of uh, tryptophan, turkey is also a great source of protein and will make you feel full so you don't wake up in the night hungry. It's not much of a sort of dinner, though, is it? Turkey, oats, honey, almonds oh, and bananas. No, thank you. It's more, more like breakfast food, isn't it? Well, apart from the turkey, obviously. And uh, if you are having trouble sleeping, do not have any of the following before you go to bed. Alcohol. <laughs> it might make you feel sleepy and help you nod off, but it stops you falling into a deep sleep. Cheese. Uh, we've often heard people saying that they have strange dreams after eating cheese. Well, hard cheese contains high levels of the amino acid tyramine, which actually makes the brain feel more alert. Uh, spicy foods, as well as indigestion, chilli peppers contain capsaicin, which makes it harder for your body to regulate temperature, thus resulting in a less peaceful night's sleep. Fatty foods are bad as well, uh, hard for your stomach to digest, and they're more likely to cause heartburn, which makes it more difficult to get to sleep. Uh, fatty foods high in protein, like steak, digest slowly and may disturb the circadian rhythm and obviously coffee now i do yeah. like coffee but i do try and avoid it after midday it stays in your system for a long time and you can still be feeling the effects even 10 hours later uh, while particular foods and drinks may feel warming those that are spicy caffeinated or high in fat and protein can play havoc with our sleep lying down after eating a spice-laden meal can result in heartburn and a restless uh, night and uh, while nightcaps can cause drowsiness, too much alcohol can stop you entering the deeper stages of sleep. This results in grogginess the next day. There you are. Follow that advice if you want. Happy birthday to Wally. Yes, very, very happy birthday, Mum. Yeah. Mm, have a lovely day. And what better place to celebrate <laughs> it than the south of France? Yes, you made it. Yeah. And uh, we have picked for you on the occasion of your birthday <laughs> a very special... Piers Brosnan and the Nava mix. Bonsoir, Monsieur Bond. Très heureux de vous voir. Bonsoir, Pierre. Ça va bien? Bien, très bien. Et vous? The press review is brought to you by BMW Côte d'Azur. 
the London Times reports that Boris Johnson attended a birthday celebration thrown by his wife in Downing Street at a time when social gatherings indoors were banned. Number 10 admitted last night Carrie Johnson and the interior designer Lulu Lytle, who was working on the Downing Street flat at the time, are said to have presented the Prime Minister, who turned 56, with a Union Jack cake, while his wife led staff in a chorus of Happy Birthday. A source said members of Johnson's team had been emailed in advance, asking them to come to wish the Prime Minister a happy birthday. The celebration involved about 30 people in the Cabinet room, took place just before Johnson was due to chair a Covid strategy meeting to discuss the route out of lockdown. Unconfirmed reports said the Prime Minister didn't realise it was a birthday party and didn't even know it was his birthday. In this morning's Liberation, the Elysee has announced that Russian and Ukrainian officials are set to meet in Paris tomorrow for talks with their French and German counterparts in a bid to defuse tensions. French President Emmanuel Macron has expressed his concern over the situation, adding that he thinks there is a space for diplomacy and a path to de-escalation. And the Washington Post says time may be on Vladimir Putin's side when it comes to Ukraine. Foreign policy analysts say the Russian president gains a strategic edge by dragging out the military standoff. The ultimate goal, they say, is to exacerbate disagreements and divisions among the US and its NATO allies and cast doubts on how effectively the West can respond if Russian tanks roll into Ukraine. And gas boilers have been banned in new builds in France as part of aims to achieve more energy efficient housing. BBC World Service News, live from London next, the Full English Breakfast Show. The Press Review, brought to you by BMW, Nice Premium Motors, Bayern Avenue Cannes, BMW Store Monaco and JPV Fréjus. Find all the BMW business drive offers at your car dealer. I got a hat-trick yesterday, didn't I? You did? Yeah. And you didn't say much about it, but well done. No. Good job, but you didn't ask me L-I-B this morning. <laughs> OK, today's quiz. Question number one. On this day in 1975, the Carpenters rather went to number one in the US with their version of which 1961 hit from the Marvelettes? Uh, Mr Postman, wait a minute, Mr Postman. Correct. Beatles did that as well. They did. It wasn't exactly wait a minute. Can I have the exact title? No, come on, that's good <laughs> enough, isn't it? Please, Mr Postman. Yeah, all right. Question number two. Uh, which Norwegian group on this day in 1986... Aha! Uh -huh. Yeah, were the first ever <laughs> to score a UK number one single. Can you tell me what the single was? Take on me. Uh, 1986. Oh, um... Sun All Shines on TV. Correct. And finally, Robert Finch, singer with American disco and funk group Casey and the Sunshine Band, was born on this day in 1954. And the group had a number one US single in 1975 with which track? That's the way I, 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 I like it. Very good. Another hat trick. Hat trick. <laughs> Always reminds me of... Uh... Who? You're going to say Mark Duncan? Um, no. Oh. Should it remind me of Mark Duncan? I don't know. No, it reminds me of the um, the the adverts in the cinema. Oh, really? Before my time. I think. Ba 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 ba. Oh right. Yeah. Mm. No. No. See. <laughs> Try a delicious maybe Kiora in, orange juice. Maybe in Croydon. Now available in the foyer. This goes to the cinema on Pearly, actually. The Odeon. It's all Star Wars now, I seem to remember. Riviera Radio. Business. Morning, old boy. 
Good morning. Now, has Mrs. Potts ever thrown you a surprise birthday party and invited your friends around and made a nice <laughs> cake for you and that kind of stuff? Uh, she had, She certainly hasn't, I have to say, but uh, it's probably uh, one that uh, <laughs> Boris Johnson felt he probably shouldn't have enjoyed as well and come back to haunt him. So is it death by a thousand cuts? We wait to see, of course. The uh, drama this week will, of course, revolve around the uh, publishing of the report by Sue Gray. So we wait to see what that has to say and what the reaction is. He was only there for 10 minutes, you know, just enough to sort of waffle down a bit of cake and he was off on back to his job. bit rude to just to show up 10 minutes, eat some cake and go, isn't it? I don't know. Well, it sounds just like him, actually. But it's, uh, <laughs> Right, uh, anyway, enough about that because we've got some very serious stuff going on, notably Ukraine and... Uh, uh, the inflation and uh, tightening monetary policy problems were pushed to the side yesterday. Uh, investors running scared about a possible invasion of Ukraine. Well, you're right to say it's certainly a roller coaster ride in global financial markets. In fact, US stock stays a remarkable intraday recovery during the course of the trading session. Volume surge and traders experienced wild swings. The S&P tumbled more than 4% at one stage. It's worse, the benchmark index had fallen into correction territory, being 10% below the January 3rd record. Volatility has been driven by a range of concerns you highlighted, certainly one of them, which is fears of an immediate conflict in Ukraine. Alongside that, we've got the Federal Reserve meeting starting today. We'll come to a conclusion tomorrow. Will we expect a more hawkish tone from the US Central Bank? There's also court... Cautious corporate earnings projections as management teams face up to ongoing supply chain disruption and inflationary pressures. The S&P 500 say fought back yesterday, closed up three tenths of one percent. Nasdaq was up six tenths of one percent. Retail, energy, industrial companies very much leading the gains. I think it's the biggest intraday recovery that was seen since 2008 on the S&P 500, to put it in some sort of context. Remember, that recovery came after Europe's close, which saw the stock 600 close down 3.8%. It's the biggest fall since June 2020. Opening calls on the European bourses, eight minutes away, of course, looking at a positive start, but we're not going to unwind all of those losses. Asian markets have been down overnight. US futures are in the red once again. Currently calling the FTSE up 56 points. Stacks over in Frankfurt up 163 points. Catcorn in Paris up 35 points. Well, apart from the uh, very depressing thoughts of uh, widespread violence and loss of life, how might uh, any Russian incursion into Ukraine affect gas prices? Well, it could have major consequences for Europe. We've spoken in the past that I think somewhere around 15% of European gas is supplied through Ukraine. Russia supplies 40% of uh, European gas requirements. So the reality is if there was a breakdown in that supply line, then clearly that would pose further problems. We've always seen energy prices in Europe surge dramatically over the course of the past few months. Certainly been one of the key contributors to inflation. So certainly could have uh, widespread consequences if we were to see further disruptions to, to those supply chains. So impact could be dramatic. There is an argument, of course, that those stress points around Ukraine could actually ease in the future once we get confirmation about the size and the scale of any incursion, if it's relatively minor, if it's uh, short-lasting, then perhaps the markets will take a more relaxed view. It's the unknown that's probably unnerving investors at the moment. So if, um, you know, if a country only invades another country a little bit, it's all right, is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
as, as we heard from President Biden recently. It, it comes down to exactly the, the scale of the incursion perhaps will be seen as important and the way in which that is conducted. So uh, lots of unknowns on the geopolitical scene and markets tend to sell off ahead of the event. See, Credit Suisse has issued a warning, is that uh, to employees not to attend any high-profile sporting events? <laughs> no, they are trying to put that behind themselves, it has to be said. But the negative headlines from the Swiss banking giant continue to be disappointing. This morning announcing that it expects to just break even during the course of the fourth quarter as it sets aside money to meet legal bills and investment banking revenues eases back. The break-even projection compares to a profit of a billion Swiss francs in the third quarter. Credit Suisse expects the... Uh, to report litigation provisions of 500 million Swiss francs for the quarter. This relates to legacy litigation, they say, uh, particularly arising from matters from its investment banking business. In terms of the underlying business, Credit Suisse said its investment bank and wealth management businesses have seen a downturn in transaction-based revenue as a result of more normal trading conditions, certainly compared to what we saw in 2020 and 2021, although the last few days have been quite uh, dramatic. The decision to exit its prime services business and clients deleveraging in Asia. We will, of course, get more details from Credit Suisse when they publish the full results on February the 10th. And Unilever shares are up, uh, just as reports come out suggesting they're planning to axe thousands of jobs. That's market forces in action, if ever I saw it. Yes, and being led by a well-known activist investor, Unilever shares rising nicely yesterday after merchant Nelson Peltz, the activist investor, has built a stake in the maker of food and personal care products. Peltz has amassed the stake over the course of the past few months. Shares rose 7% yesterday. That's the biggest intraday gain in a year and a half. News comes, of course, following Unilever's abandoned bid for GlaxoSmithKline's consumer health unit increased pressure on the group to uh, set out its long-term growth strategy. Billionaire Peltz is turning his attention to Unilever after retiring from the board of Procter & Gamble in August. That was after nearly four years with the company. At his time at P&G, uh, the strategy changed quite dramatically. There were sweeping changes that were designed to improve performance. In terms of Unilever and other options, of course, on the table, it's been a great debate about whether they will sell off its ice cream business or indeed its full food business. Peltz is known as an investor who likes to cut costs, streamline company structures, streamline brands, and as you say, already headlines about thousands of jobs being cut at the, uh, at the Dutch conglomerates. Nelson Peltz. Nelson Peltz sounds like a Simpsons character, but I it's a, the, uh, a animal, significant force. Animal fur magnet, isn't he? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Foreign exchanges, please. Pound against dollar coming in at 134.5 this morning. Euro dollar coming in at 113. You're going to get €1.19 for your British pound this morning. Thank you very much. Have a good day, sir. Stay calm today, you know, no blood on the floor, please. <laughs> Will do, will do. Hang Potts and On FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Lysa has the top stories across the Riviera. France's foreign ministry has advised French nationals to avoid travelling to Ukraine unless they have an essential reason. The advice given on Monday comes against reports of increasing Russian military activity. On Monday evening, following a video conference with US President Joe Biden and several European leaders, 
French President Emmanuel Macron expressed his deep concern about the Ukraine conflict, adding that he believed in the need to work collectively for a rapid de-escalation. The Elysee has confirmed that Macron will soon meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin to propose the path to be taken to accomplish this. In other news this morning, France's National Police Service is mourning the suicide of a 22-year-old officer stationed in Marseille. The policeman killed himself in the early hours of Monday morning with his service weapon. It's the ninth suicide in the police force in France since the beginning of the year. In 2021, 35 police officers killed themselves. It was back in 2019 that the Interior Ministry set up a dedicated helpline for those working in the force in an attempt to combat the ever-increasing problem of suicide within the force. Meanwhile, here in the Principality, a recent report on public security published on Monday has shown that checks carried out on the public in line with the current health restrictions have represented 44,000 hours of police work. In 2021, the police reprimanded a passerby or a tourist 59,167 times, of which 9,127 resulted in a fine. In case of non-compliance with current health rules, the fine is €100. Euros. Concerning controls on restaurants last year, 29 administrative closures were carried out. And as France replaced the health pass with a vaccine pass on Monday, Monaco confirmed that it will not be following suit and that the current health pass required in the Principality will be maintained. However, the vaccination pass will be required for residents crossing the border. According to latest figures, 70% of the population in Monaco have completed a full vaccination scheme. More than 400 parents have called on the National Education Authorities of the Provence-Alpes-Côte d'Azur region to answer their concerns over the health protocol in schools. As since the implementation of the health protocol in schools, teachers, along with parents, have deplored the protocol described as chaotic. From today, the SNCF is launching its SNCF Connect online service, a new unique application for smartphones and on the web. The goal is simple, to put an end to the proliferation of online applications and services, which leads to a lot of confusion amongst users. The service will replace the current we.sncf. And while it must adapt to a strict health protocol, the Cycling Grand Prix of Marseille is getting ready for its 44th edition, taking place this Sunday, the 30th of January. The race will cover the exceptional landscapes of the Route de Crète. Finally, a wild boar has been seen roaming the streets of Simier in Nice. The incident occurred last Wednesday evening and was caught on camera by a local resident on the boulevard de Simier in front of the Regina. In recent years, wild boars have been getting closer to buildings in the city. Back in 2017, a campaign was launched by the prefecture of the Outmaritime after several sightings in the east of Nice. Riviera Radio, Sports News. Maybe it was on its way to a Roman banquet. Maybe. Can you tell me where the Roman banquet is? Why? Well, I'm on the menu. Tennis, Madison Keys of the United States has reached her first Grand Slam semi-final for four years with victory over Barbara Krechova. Oh, I knew I was going to mess that up. Krechikova in the quarterfinals of the Australian Open in Melbourne. Uh, Keys came through 6-4, 6-2 and face either Ash Barcy or Jennifer, Jessica Paluga in the last four. In the men's events, uh, the fourth seed Stefano Sipsitas came through a tough five-setter against Taylor Fritz to reach the last eight. He will now play Yannick Sinner. And... Rafa Nadal is on course at the moment. 
Now, he was two sets up against uh, Denis Shapovalov, but he's lost the third set, so 6-3-6-4-4-6, the latest score there. Football Watford have sacked manager Claudio Ranieri after less than four months in charge. Here's more from BBC Sports. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Paul Serres at the BBC Sports Centre. Watford have sacked their manager Claudio Ranieri after less than four months in charge. Last Friday's 3-0 home defeat to Norwich saw Watford drop into the bottom three and prompted the club's owners to take action. The BBC's football reporter Simon Stone has the details. Watford are pretty trigger-happy when it comes to getting rid of their managers. Of their last 11, I have worked out now, only one, Javi uh, Gracia, has even reached 50 games in charge. Uh, Ranieri didn't even get to 15. Um, He got uh, seven points from 13 matches. The club are second from bottom of the table. They play Burnley in their next game in a week on Saturday. It will be interesting to see how quickly they act. I'm pretty sure they they want someone in um, by the end of this week at the latest to, to build up to that Burnley game. Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel says that they are not definitively out of the title race, despite being 10 points behind league leaders Manchester City, having played one more game than the champions. Chelsea beat Spurs 2-0 on Sunday and are currently third in the division. You will never hear me giving up in the middle of the season, but we need also to be realistic. I cannot tell you now we will be in the title race and I know it. It's not in our hands anymore. That means it's even more important to focus on us. Take a break now, take a breath and come back strong because things will just continue like this. Elsewhere, the Brentford boss Thomas Frank has signed a new contract with the club that runs until the end of the 2024-25 season and Manchester City are hoping to complete a deal for the River Plate and Argentina forward Julian Alvarez. And for more football news from the BBC, go to bbc.com forward slash football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Uh, that's a football. That's a football. For me, for Claudio, really. Feel very sorry for him. Yes, I do too. Hmm. I think they deserve to go down now, having done that. But uh, it's uh, they're, they're looking for their fifteenth manager in ten years. Crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Uh, one game in the English Championship last night: Blackburn beat Middlesbrough one 0 to leapfrog Bournemouth into second place in the table. And at Rugby Union, George Ford's been recalled to the England squad as cover for Owen Farrell. The 28-year-old fly half has been in sparkling form for his club Leicester, but was initially left out of the squad for the Six Nations. Farrell missed the first Six Nations game with an ankle problem. Meanwhile, Johnny Mays pulled out of the squad with a knee injury, and Courtney Laws is unable to train this week as he's undergoing head injury protocols. England start their campaign with the Calcutta Cup match against Scotland at Murrayfield on February the 5th. That's something to look forward to, then. Here's the marine weather forecast for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore the Almaracim in the VAR. The general situation, high pressure, 1,030 millibars over the region. Winds are variable, force 1 to 3, the sea is calm, visibility is good. Barometric pressure at saint jean cap 1,029 millibars. And the outlook for Wednesday, clear skies, force 1 to 3, variable winds, calm seas and good visibility. For North Corsica, winds are variable, force 2 to 4, the sea is slight. Visibilis is good, barometric pressure at Cap Course 1,030 millibars and the outlook for Wednesday. Clear skies, force 1 to 3 variable winds, calm seas and good visibility. Riviera Radio, weather. Do you know what? 
No, go on, tell me. I ran through a very, very light sprinkle of rain in Antibes on did the way this morning. Did you really? I did. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it's shocking. Just a few spots on the windscreen, just enough to mess up the, you know, the windscreen when the wipers came on and made it all smeary, so... Uh, yeah, anyway, shouldn't uh, do that again. Mainly fine today, lights to moderate westerly winds, temperatures 12 to 14 degrees. Overnight lows 4 to 6 degrees on the coast, minus 1 degree inland with partially cloudy skies. Wednesday and Thursday, mainly fine highs of 11 to 13 degrees. Finally. Going into space. Yes. You say you want to go, don't you? Yeah, I'll you? go, yeah. Well, for some, it's an exciting prospect. And while you may have thought of all the essentials that you take with you, such as your Cliff Richard calendar or a supply of Marmite, have you thought of what's really important? Well, yeah, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> well, you're probably thinking it. Having sex in space, it may prove to be a problem. Experts say there are many challenges which need to be investigated if humans are to travel on longer missions. According to NASA, no human has ever had sex in space, but scientists know from other studies that you could face major obstacles. Not even Richard Branson? Not even Richard Branson. The way he has had sex on Earth, has he? The weightlessness <laughs> of space is said to cause hormonal changes that could decrease a person's sex drive. Uh, there's also the issue of gravity not being uh, there to stop your partner from being pushed away from you. However, one expert in Germany says the answer is to have sex like dolphins. In the ocean, two dolphins sometimes have sex with a third dolphin, holding them together so they don't drift apart. Thank your pardon. <laughs> so there you go. Honestly, so dolphins that, were like that. <laughs> that humans could do something similar to stop the lack of gravity affecting intercourse abilities. <laughs> You're speechless, aren't you? Well, it's not called sex in space, is it? What's it called? Docking. No, that's something else. That's car boot open or something. Mm. We are preparing for re-entry. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs>